folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello and welcome to the Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover. And me, Christian Hugill. Hello, Betty. Hello, Christian. It's just me and you at the moment because we are in the summer break of the Formula One season. All of the Formula One drivers are off having downtime. I've seen Danny Ricardo's in Ibiza. George Russell's also been in Ibiza. Um, Toto Wolff has actually broken his arm in a mountain bike accident. And Greg is off on holiday as well. Yeah, well, Toto's gone full Lance Stroll and broke his arm. Uh, we've got to stop F1 people getting on bikes. I think that's what we've learned because Lance broke his arm just before the Bahrain Grand Prix. Greg's on his self-imposed FIA shutdown, taking it far too seriously. Like he's not <laughs> answering his phone. He's walking around in dark glasses and a cap. Mm. We're going to be here throughout the summer break, as we mentioned last week. Um, we're going to go back to talking about F1 next week, but we're breaking away this week to uh, do a little bit of an F1 Academy catch up. Uh, coming up, we'll talk to our driver co-host from that series, Chloe Grant. Uh, and if you're out the loop with F1 Academy in the season, it is the all-female competition set up by Formula One to encourage more women into the sport on track and off track and then give them the platform to get into the sort of feeder series of Formula One, like Formula 3, Formula 2, and then hopefully eventually climb the ladder with the ultimate aim is that we get a female F1 driver, you know, in the not too distant future. Yeah, they've had six out of their seven race weekends for the season. The last one is in Austin in Texas. That's in October and it's going to be part of the same weekend as the Formula One race for the first time ever. So that's very exciting. Also... Making it even more exciting, Christian, um, is that there's been some big announcements, which is basically linking this series a lot closer to Formula One for next season. But before we chat to Chloe and get a bit of insight from her, we are going to talk to the series commentator, Harry Benjamin, who knows everything about this series. Right, Harry? Uh, Supposedly, yeah. Hello, Harry Benjamin. (laughs) How are you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm all right. Thanks for for having me on. Uh, You guys have been doing great stuff. So uh, it's nice to be involved. You're a kind man go on then harry what has it been like then commentating on the f1 academy its first season have you enjoyed it is it everything you thought it would be i mean it's been great firstly a brand new series that's always cool something to be involved with something from the very beginning but overall i think it's been a a, and i am biased heavily uh, but it's been a a fantastic series i think not only because you're you're giving all these uh, young girls and women uh, a chance uh, to race this year because at the start of this season a lot of the races didn't have anything going on this was this was a lifeline uh, when it when it came to be and and then suddenly to have top junior category teams involved as well with their experience and their expertise of of guiding young drivers up through the ranks put those together along with the uh, the brilliant Susie Wolf at the helm and and having the uh, the relationship so close to formula 1 you know, it's it's a, it's a recipe for for absolute brilliance, as far as I'm concerned, and and it's been a fantastic first year. We've got w- one more round still to go, three more races within that round, and we're supporting Formula One at the Circuit of the Americas later on this year, and we haven't crowned a champion yet, so it's going to be a championship deciding round. It's really exciting, and and for those new to Formula One, and we know a lot of listeners to the Fast and the Curious are new to Formula One. Susie Wolf is is Toto Wolf's wife, who's the a boss of Mercedes. Susie herself has got this amazing career in in motor racing management, running series, racing herself, and she's in charge of F1 Academy, and that's a really exciting thing. And Harry, there is that there is a constant discussion, isn't there, with 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 racing series like this of the the, the sort of balance between 
pitting women against men because there is no reason women shouldn't be able to race against men. And uh, But they're also actually giving women the opportunity to race. And that's a really important point you just raised there, that a lot of these drivers wouldn't be racing this year without this series. It's giving people track time. It's giving people experience. And, and I personally think that's a, a really good thing. I guess it's been one of the big positives of the series. Absolutely. And I actually think you mentioned track time there. I think that's gone a bit under the radar in terms of what, what people have expected from, from the series this year. You know, they're getting full on test days to just go out and lap and lap and lap. And, you know, it's it a, it's a subsidized racing series as well. So, you know, they do have to bring money to to race the drivers do have to bring some money but not as much as you would be as you would have to if you were gunning for a formula three formula regional formula four and those are sort of the categories below f2 that's sort of the ladder up towards formula one and it's not just the drivers that's actually the one percent you know for f1 academy is yes we want to get more women involved in racing and eventually see a female formula one driver but also it's about job opportunities off the track within the garages within uh, the managerial side of things the mechanics the tire technicians pr hr that's that's what f1 academy is also doing when you put it like that i mean it really is an amazing thing for women in motorsport isn't it i know it's changing sort of next season but how do you see it kind of progressing over like the next five years for example what how, how big do you think this could get well, next year, the, the big headlines are that every race will be uh, a support to F1. So every round will be on a Formula One race weekend and it will be fully live coverage. And so it will be embedded just like Formula Two and Formula Three are now when they are also on a Formula One race weekend. Equally, just recently announced, I think, what, a couple of weeks ago, um, every Formula One team will have an official driver within f1 academy and one car will be liveried up so you'll have a red bull liveried f1 academy car a ferrari liveried so that synergy is there and and i think that is something that no, no one else can do so the the tie-in with formula one and the support this is getting from the very tops the ceo of formula one stefano domenicali is very keen on making this big so over the next five years it, i can it will only get better it'll only get bigger there are women out there there are young girls who are interested in racing and motorsport but they get to an age perhaps where that suddenly there aren't many role models to latch on to or their mates aren't doing it so they go off in a different different way but mm. what f1 academy will do in the next five years it will showcase that well look at these 15 amazing women that are racing it out look at these people that are running the teams look at these women that are working as engineers you can do that you can be just like that and all of a sudden you get more young girls thinking oh actually no i'd, I'd rather go off and, and try that i'll go to my local karting track or you know i'd quite like to do a uh, an engineering degree when i'm older or, or whatever it may be and suddenly the pool at at the ground level gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then you get your shot at finding the next female f1 driver mm. and it's such a good point because when i was i i mentioned me karting on this podcast a fair bit when i was racing sort of 15 years ago i raced against two women in my entire career and i was we were all watching f1 in the karting paddocks the issue wasn't talked about you barely saw in the tv coverage that many women in the paddock it's getting better and better so that's exciting as to where it can go um harry we're about to speak to chloe grant who's our sort of resident um, F1 Academy driver on the Fast and the Curious who we've been checking in with all season. So a couple of quick fire questions for you, Harry. 
What's the racing been like this season in F1 Academy and how's our Chloe done? The racing has been brilliant. Uh, everybody has scored points, which is fantastic. And the top 11 out of the 15 drivers have all stood on the podium at least once. So that that's fantastic to say the least. Chloe had a, a, a really good start to the year, consistent points. And then of course she had had the big incident in Monza. Can you talk to us about the crash? What happened? How did it happen? And and how did it come about? Because I think there'll be a f- quite a few of Alice's who who didn't know Chloe had a big crash, and and obviously a couple of races ago there was a there was a really big one for her, wasn't there? Yeah. So uh, it was at a, at a track called Monza, which is in Italy, uh, the Temple of Speed, as they call it, and it's you know also a Formula One track as well. And um, it was a lap one turn one the lights go off and chloe found herself sort of in in the mid pack and it also all concertinas up and suddenly where there was a gap in front of you very quickly there isn't a gap because two or three cars were suddenly in front of her she hits the back and catches the the the, the rear end of of, an, of another driver and that hits her the front right of her car then she hits another driver with her front left and flips her car on its side and then over the top so she landed upside down but the halo which uh, is the little sort of steel bar across across the cockpit uh, of every single seat open single seater racing car doing a fantastic job of making sure that you know her head comes nowhere near to, to touching the ground and the marshals straight on it there scary crash and the biggest one i think we've had in f1 academy so far but these this racing it's motorsport these things can happen yeah it was a big one we'll see if she's okay to talk about it when we talk to her in a couple of minutes time harry just before we let you go do you see you know obviously marta garcia at, at prima racing is 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 been dominant but there's been eight different winners across the course of the season whether it's marta or whether it's one of the others do you think there is potential moving forward for one of these drivers or a couple of these drivers to sort of get themselves on the ladder to to, to do what the series really wants to do in the first place i hope so and there's gen there's obviously F1 Academy allows that to be a much greater chance of happening. There is a woman racing in Formula 3 right now, Sophia Flersch, and she just got her first points on the board last time out in Belgium, and she's been a prolific racer throughout the years in single-seaters, so I'm very hopeful that something similar will happen uh, to the F1 Academy races. And Well, whether it's Marta Garcia, Lena Buller, Hamda Alcobasi, those are the top three drivers in the standings who all stand a chance still of winning the title. Winning it puts you in the best possible position, whether you're a woman or a man, to make a step up. And I'm hopeful that with the backing that F1 Academy has and um, the the initiatives like Discover Your Drive and Susie Wolf pioneering it, um, now is is a better than ever chance of, of making that step up. Mm, exciting. Well, Harry, thank you so much for coming on The Fast and the Curious. You made your debut. I think you've smashed it. Oh, thanks for having me. Cheers. That was lovely. <laughs> lovely. Nice bit of feedback live. Great, that. Long, long time listener, first time caller. Love it. Cheers, Harry. Thanks so much. Cheers. Bye. Lovely to talk to Harry. Very exciting times for the series with the closer links to F1. Something we didn't mention to Harry as well, actually, Betty, before we get Chloe on, from the next race in Texas, you're going to be able to watch it live. It's been one of the understandable fan criticisms of the series this year that that it's not been available live to watch. Now, the details of exactly where it's going to be broadcast live are still to be announced. So we'll let you know on the Fast and the Curious and also just check out the F1 Academy website. It's really good. And that'll have all the details on it as well. And also the F1 socials. But you'll be able to watch Chloe in action 
in Austin live on the telly with Harry's lovely commentary. So we should talk to Chloe, really, shouldn't we? Yeah, let's get Chloe on. Let's find out how she's found it so far. Chloe, welcome back to The Fast and the Curious. Thank you for having me. Hey, Chloe. Uh, Chloe, most importantly... You're not alone, are you? Sandy. Aww. Describe Sandy for us. She's a blonde cockapoo. Um, she's 10 years old, but she looks oh, like she's, she's two gorgeous. years old. She sleeps a lot. Um, yeah, <laughs> she's a good dog. And she sat on Chloe's bed behind her, just like, yes, I shall sit here while Chloe does the podcast. And she looks very happy with herself. <laughs> and also... Largely quite nice, but sleeps a lot. Very similar to Betty Glover. Mm, yeah, me. Yeah, we've got a lot in common, actually. Me and dogs do have a lot in common. Whilst we're talking about your family members, Chloe, how's your mum? My mum's good. I don't think she's home at the minute. I think she's out with a friend. But yeah, she's good. The first time Chloe was on the podcast, not only did we talk about her dog, who's now made an appearance, but we also sort of got an insight into motor racing mums and how not only was Chloe finding her journey into motorsport, but also how... Chloe's mum, Sharon, was finding it. I mean, you could go as far as to call it Sharon News. <laughs> Chloe, we'll talk about your motor racing career in a minute, but we've, let's, we'll do dogs and mums first. How is mum finding your journey in the F1 Academy? Um, I don't know. Wait, Katie, is mum home? Mum is not home. My sister is here as well. Wow, we've got all the family members. <laughs> yes, we do. Well, well, in that case, Katie can fill in for Sharon. Why don't you bring Katie in? <laughs> Give her a minute. <laughs> Tell her it's a podcast. She doesn't need to worry too much. Yeah, so Katie, so I have two sisters, Katie and Lucy. So Lucy's the one who's always with me, whereas Katie's... I'm in study wear. Has she got a blanket wrapped around her? Yes. Hello, Katie. Katie, where are you recording this from? It's August and it's 25 degrees. <laughs> Scotland. Is it not sunny with you guys? No, not at all. I can't see the sky. Katie, we're following Chloe's journey on, on a sort of motorsport journey this year. Uh, how has it been like from a sister's perspective? You must be quite proud of her, I'm guessing. Very, yeah. She's um she's done amazing in everything she's done, and especially with how she handled after that scary crash she had, that was quite that was quite bad. My mum had to call me that day and be like, "She's fine, but just don't go on Twitter." I would have milked that for everything for my parents to get anything, but she's just been so chill about it. And she was like back in the gym not long after. Wow. As her sister, how was it kind of hearing about the fact that she'd been in a crash like that? That must have been quite scary. Um, so it's not the first crash, um, obviously, that's we've had in this family because they've been doing um karting for so long, her and Lucy. And then I've been to go-kart meet, so we've kind of seen a lot of it, but this was definitely the scariest. But um, no, like it was just one of those things that she just showed so much resilience in it after and she just immediately got back in, was practising and making sure she was ready for the next race. Chloe, talk to us a little bit about it then. What what happened, first of all? Um, essentially, just I was committing quite hard, thinking I need to do well, feeling the pressure. Uh, and I was committing a lot into the first corner. I wasn't slowing down. And then I thought, oh, I'm about to lose my wing. I did not lose my wing. I lost a lot more than that, and I took off and did a flip, essentially. it was As far as crashes go, it was an impressive one, Chloe. You did it properly. Yeah, I've heard that quite a few times, that I essentially really went for it. (laughs) 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 I love how casually you were like, oh, no, I'm going to lose a wing, and then suddenly your car is, like, rolling. It was on fire as well, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. That's the thing that made me panic the most because, like, I mean, so I hurt my hand in the process of it and I had to, that took a while to kind of re 
skin, not it being okay. It wasn't broken or anything, it was just really sore. Yeah, in the photos you can see fire coming out from the back, but essentially what happened was the gearbox split in half and the oil from the gearbox is what ignited the fire, but then it all went through the electrics and the cables and likes of the radio. So the radio is inside the car with me, like just next to my left-hand side. Um, so when I was upside down, as soon as I turned my car off, because you have to turn it all, everything off, it immediately lit up. So I could just see fire next to my arm. And there is a button you can pull for an extinguisher. I just panicked, forgot that button was there. I undid... Oh, sorry, Sandy. Okay. <laughs> dog adjustment needed. Dog adjustment needed. Box, box. I undid um, my belts and I was upside down, but because of the halo, how it was holding me, I could just hook that and, like, get out. Wow. What, Betty's face. What I just can't believe it. Betty's what? face just looks like... <laughs> yeah. Chloe. Um, so, like, what was going through your head during that time? Could you even... Can you remember what you were thinking? Uh-huh. <laughs> Not really. I think when I landed, I was like, what the hell just happened? On Like, because it's just kind of... It honestly it was so fast. Like, I can't explain it. It's honestly like that. Like, it's crazy. But the first thing I wanted to know was, is the car okay? Which, obviously... It really wasn't. But the thing is, because I mentioned that I had a sore hand and that was all that hurt, like everything else was okay, but, you know, they still have to take the precautions. So they wrapped my neck up and stuff. I couldn't turn my head. I couldn't look at the car. They wouldn't let me see it. So that's the my, was, that was my main concern. Even though I was sore, that was my main concern um, because I think every driver goes, oh, my dad's going to kill me. <laughs> you know, with, it, with that yeah. kind of thing. Every driver has that experience. Um so yeah, that was my main concern at that what, moment. What was your recovery like afterwards then? How did you, you said you got in, back into the gym fairly quickly. Yeah, fairly quickly, but I couldn't really do a lot of upper body stuff. And if I could, it'd only really be on one arm because I couldn't grip properly. I couldn't hold things, especially heavy things. So I just kind of had to do cardio and lower body stuff. Um, but then I went in, a, we have a, in Perth, we have a hyper, uh, hyperbaric chamber. So it's essentially, I can't really properly explaining it but you're essentially breathing in like extra oxygen and stuff like that and it, it basically speeds up the process of the healing and that really helped and then before Paul Ricard I was able to weight train again which was good but yeah so different motor racing drivers react differently to, to crashes and you're Chloe in terms of our season on the Fast and the Curious I think you're the first of our regular drivers to have had a big one this year How's getting back in the car? Some drivers, all they want to do is just put it behind them and get back out there. Some get a bit nervous about getting back out there. What's it like for you? On the Saturday and I had my crash, I was asking, can I drive tomorrow? Because I wanted to just get back out. Oh, they were like, there's no way you're driving tomorrow. Because even if it was possible that I could have, well, there was no way. The car, the car wasn't drivable, wasn't fixable. Um, and if there was any risk of making my hand worse, which I couldn't even grip the wheel properly, it would have been a waste of time. Um, but getting back out of Polar Card... I was happy to get back out, but I do think, unfortunately, there was a bit of mental bit that, I mean, like, for example, in race one, I've never been so cautious into a turn in my life. Like, I lost so many positions. I managed to fight my way back during the race, but that first turn one, I was so, so cautious. And I do think there was a bit of mental that I was being really um, on reserve. It just, unfortunately, it takes time and it's just affected me more than I thought it would. It's understandable, Chloe. Be, like, be kind to yourself because that's ent entirely understandable. And I, I was reading a quote from Sergio Perez this week 
saying very similar about the crash he had in Monaco, that it took him a while to trust the car again. And that's part of why he put his sort of downturn in form in the last few races. So that's the thing. That's not just you as a racing driver. Yeah, like on interviews and stuff, I don't mind talking about the crash. Like I'm completely okay with this. It's something that people want to know about. But when likes of my family members or... I don't know, just somebody that I've met asked me about it. It does really bother me because I don't want, like, I I just don't want to mention it. Yeah, and then you get people who try to joke about it and I'm like, I'm not I'm not ready to joke about it yet. It's just, it's, it's so serious, especially when there's so much damage and I just feel a lot of guilt as well because I've put this pressure on my family now that they don't need and they work so hard with me as well. So it's just, it's quite a difficult yeah, it's quite difficult. So I, I was going to say, Chloe, thank you so much for being so honest though and like really talking us through it because the way you've described it, you've described it in such detail and I think our listeners will really appreciate your sort of honesty and opening up about it. And actually, it's worth saying that we have had so many of our listeners message in asking how you are. Ellie, Joanna, Jess were just like some of the people that wanted to know how you're doing after that crash. So our listeners on the Fast and the Curious have also got your back, Chloe. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. No, I'm okay, uh, <laughs> definitely physically, I think. I'm still getting used to things and still trying to settle into it a bit more mentally and I just hope that we can we can just continue and it, we find that um, support that we need after what the damage is like. So, yeah, it's it's difficult at the minute, but I'm okay, so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> also, just just before we move on, it's, an, it's another reminder, Betty, something we've said on the podcast before when we're talking about Formula One drivers, that racing drivers are human beings. They go through all the range of emotions that every human being goes through. And I, I often say racing drivers are superhuman to, to the bravery they show, the commitment they show, what you guys do are in, it, it is incredible. So we're so pleased you're okay. I really appreciate when people talk about the sport who actually genuinely understand it like they understand the aspects of it and we're just drivers at the end of the day mm. it's not because you're not crashing because you're your gender you're crashing because you've had a spin or it's wet or there's oil or you've just made a simple mistake because every single driver does it yeah, yeah. Um, it happens to the best and worst of us unfortunately it's a part of the sport and that's how we learn from our mistakes and know not to make them again but look, you've done six out of seven races now, haven't you? You haven't got one until, what, mid to end October, and that's the last one, isn't it? How would you sum up sort of this season? So this season's kind of been me making mistakes and having to learn from them. The girls are really, really good on the grid, so it's it's kind of hard to make up loads and loads of positions. You're kind of bat- battling the whole time, but I managed to make up positions every race and make that progress, so I made the good progression, Um and gained more confidence back. So I'm just doing lots and lots of hours on the sim now. We've got hopes, goals, should I say, goals for Austin and next year. So we'll have to see. Talk to us about Austin, because this is the first time where you're going to be lining up. Well, you're going to be racing in the same Grand Prix weekend as Formula One. So that must be really exciting. Yeah, it is. But I do think every single girl is going to be pushing really hard. So I'm just hoping that we all keep it really clean, keep it good racing for each other because there's a lot of pressure for every single one of us out there on that weekend. I think obviously everybody wants a podium that weekend and obviously so do I. Uh, but I think ideally with the progress that I need to be showing, I think I need top fives, podiums and just need to keep my nose clean and focus and 
going for it. When you say there's a lot of pressure, is that because more eyes are going to be on you guys? Is that your thought process? Yes, and all the F1 teams will be watching as well, which decides who continues and who doesn't. <gasps> oh, wow, of course. The summer break period is when people start thinking about next year. Have you had too many thoughts about that yet? Yeah, there's been a lot of thinking, a lot of talking. Um, we all, 15 of us, had a meeting with Susie Wilf, actually, at Paul Ricard about how the F1 seems to be joining us, um, which was really good to have with her. It was quite nice to hear her say her thoughts and her opinions and how she thinks that we should all approach it and what we should do. I think it's really exciting. It's still a huge, huge opportunity. So I think it'll be interesting. I think there'll be a lot of new, well, quite a few new girls come into it next year. Uh, I think quite a few will stay as well, but we'll, we'll have to see. Chloe, we mentioned earlier where you had loads of well wishes for you coming um, when you had your crash, which we did, but we also had a load of listener questions coming for you, knowing you were going to be back on the podcast. So, right, some real quick fire ones. Ben says, highlight of the season. Valencia, round two. Ooh, top finish. Okay. Uh, Astrid says, do you have any pre-race mantras or routines? Yes, I have a particular warm-up that I do, and then I do my reaction times with Lena, my teammate as well. It's sometimes good to just take a minute to sit down and do some breathing exercises because it's actually very good for you mentally, as crazy as it sounds, breathing, but it's actually really good. Um, I have my music, my playlist that I have ready and set up, and yeah, it gets me, in the, gets me in the zone. What's on your playlist? I'll tell you. On my playlist is... Bit of Abba, Shawaddy Waddy, that sort of thing. Is that what we're going for? <laughs> so we have <laughs> the song Ride from Cars 3. Um, we have Do It Like a Girl, Real Gone from Cars, Danger Zone from Top Gun, um, Tattoo, and Legends Are Made. That is a solid playlist, that, Chloe. Banger of a playlist. Um, back to the quickfire question. Staran says, what's your favourite Scottish dish when you're home? Like, what? I don't know Scottish dishes. I just kind of eat food. <laughs> so just say haggis and we'll move on. I've not had haggis <laughs> since I was, like, five. <laughs> Good. Finley says, is there a dream track on the circuit you'd love to race at knowing uh, the F1 Academy season will be more in line uh, with where F uh, Formula One travel to. Well, Ooh. <laughs> the thing is, we've been told some of them, so we can't say anything. So I'll have to say no comment for now. Ah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Oh, let's try and catch Chloe out. No. So you're looking forward <laughs> to racing at Imola then, Chloe. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Oh, she's too good at this. She stays silent. She's been media trained well. And the final question is from Lizzie, and it's a simple one and a very good one. Uh, how does it feel to be a girl boss? <laughs> oh, good, good night. <laughs> oh, I love that. Just the polite. Yes, very well. Thank you. Good, very well. good. Yes, love that title. Thank you so much. <laughs> Also, I must say, I love your Insta. I was sat on my sofa eating Percy Pigs today, looking through your Instagram, and there you are, training, like doing all of this training. You've been running, you've been doing, showing everyone like what you do in order to stay at your peak physical condition, and it made me feel very guilty. So keep keep that up, Chloe. Thank you. Chloe, lovely to talk to you. And you. Uh, love to, to Sharon, the dog, and your sister, <laughs> all the family, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. 
So that was Chloe Grant. I love the fact that we met her dog, her sister. We've met her mum previously. We are slowly integrating into her family. I think before long, we're going to be in her family portraits on, in our hallway or something. I was about to say, the way we're going, I will be disappointed if we're not invited around for Christmas dinner. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's in the bag, Christian, to be honest. Or at least the New Year's party. They like a New Year in Scotland, don't they? <laughs> Hogsman, what is it? Hogsmanay? Hogsmanay, yeah, apparently it's great. I actually really yeah. want to go to Scotland for, for New Year's, so... Oh, producer Jimmy's just said it's hog. What is it, Jimmy? Hogmanay. It's hogmanay. So it's not mul- there. It's not multiple hogs, Betty. It's just hogmanay. It's not hogsmanay. Yeah. Do you know what? This is really embarrassing because my boyfriend's Scottish. His whole family's Scottish. So <laughs> I should have had that in the bag. <laughs> right. Hogmanay. Okay. So we've inviting hogmanay. ourselves round to Chloe's for hogmanay, not hogsmanay. That's not a thing. Good. Anyway. <laughs> Should um, we move it on? Moving on. <laughs> now, Betty, we mentioned this last week, but last week you were busy being the star of the BBC's Netball World Cup coverage on the actual telly for seven days in a row on, on BBC Two. For our international listeners, Betty was on, like, actual telly doing the netball coverage. Betty, you were amazing. We are all very proud of you on The Fast and the Curious. Good netballing from you. Mm-hmm, thank you. <laughs> but it means, but it means that um, me and Jimmy didn't fill you in on what we're doing next week. So you have no idea what's coming up on The Fast and the Curious next week, do you? No, I don't. I'm intrigued, though. What have you got planned? You are going to be going on a bungee jumping exercise with former <laughs> Formula One driver Juan Pablo Montoya in Colombia. How do you feel about that? <laughs> do you know what? I'd be absolutely buzzing for that. Sign me up. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, and Juan Pablo is going to be teaching you as part of it. No, this is all a complete lie. I've made all of this up. That's not, we're not doing that next week. I can only apologise. Producer Jimmy had his head in his hands then. Like he was just like, get on with it, Christian, for God's sake. Well, we thought we'd do. We thought we'd take the excuse to have a little bit of a look at F1 2024. So we're going to get our crystal ball out. And we're going to dive into the future of Formula One. And speaking of the future of Formula One, as we've been looking at F1 Academy, we're going to have our first fast and curious look into the world of Formula Two. And we're going to look at some of the bright young talents coming up and who we might see on the F1 grid in the next few years with a brand new driver co-host, Betty. Would you like to know who our driver co-host is? Of course. Who is it? It is F2 co-commentator and Formula Two expert, Alex Brundle, who is a fantastic commentator. Love Alex Brundle. And of course, son Mm. of F1 legends and and telly legend, gridwalk legend, all-round legend, Martin Brundle as well. Well, I love that he kept it in the family. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. So Alex will be on. We're going to have a little bit of a look at the driver lineup next year and also delve into the future of motorsport. Is that or is that not better than going bungee jumping with Juan Pablo Montoya? Um, well, I don't want to let you guys down, but I, I would have quite liked bungee jumping. But I'd quite like to go bungee jumping. Yeah, same. That's why I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. Yeah. You kind of you kind of started on a, you know, on a really big high adventure for me, and and, and brought it down to yeah. F two. But that that's fine. I think it will be great, and we'll get ourselves up for it, and it'll be brilliant. Sure, it'll be good. I I don't I don't like helicopters that much, but I would bungee jump and I'd skydive. Would you skydive? Oh yeah, I really want to skydive. It's on my thirty before thirty list. You've got. A th- <laughs> well, that's interesting considering you're 37. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. I've, I've okay. got two years to tick it off. Need to get some skydiving in there at some point. 
Anyway. We should end the podcast. Um, if you'd like to ask us any questions for next week, you can send us a message on Instagram. It's Fast Curious Pod. We're also on TikTok at the same address. And you can email us fastandcurious at acast.com. Whether it's questions about the driver lineup for next year, anyone you're particularly interested in in terms of the F2 grid, any questions for Alex Brundle, send us your questions and we will get to them next week. Uh, Betty, have you had a nice time? Yeah, it's been really good. My highlight is talking to Chloe again because she always she's always so open with us and I love following her journey. And also Harry... So good. And I love the perspective he gave us on Formula One Academy. So excellent podcast episode. He's very good, Harry is. Also a very tall gentleman like Greg James. So if Greg wasn't here, we've got, we we need a tall person on this podcast because neither me or you can offer that in terms of height, can we? We're both quite dinky people. Well, speak for yourself. I think I'm I'm quite a good height for uh, being a female. (laughs) For being a female. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, we, right we're going we're we, done we, we thanks for listening go. we need to go we, we, we need to go thanks for listening <laughs> back next week bye bye now bye